What's going on? It's Joey Thurman, and welcome to Season 3 of the Fad or Future Podcast. Yeah, I made it three seasons. What's different about this season? Well, yes, I'm still bringing you the world's top experts in fitness, nutrition, mental health, and more. But I'm also talking about my own personal struggles. I get deeper this season because we can all use a little bit of relatability. So I hope you stick with me, you enjoy this season, and thank you for being here. And as always, you get to decide, is it a fad or is it a future? Because after all, we don't want to be fatties, F-A-D-D-Y. Hashtag don't be a fatty. Needles. Have you ever injected yourself voluntarily? In this episode, I talk with Dr. Alexander Paziotopoulos, say that name three times fast, of the Pazio Institute in Chicago. This guy is brilliant. The third time he's been on my show because he's just that good and that knowledgeable. What are peptides? Is this the hidden holy grail of youth, muscle tissue, recovery, cognition? I tell you what. Most of the NFL is probably taking peptides and they can't test for these things. What are peptides? Who should take them? And maybe you should take them. Would you inject yourself to look better, to feel better, to live longer, healthier, be around for your children, your grandchildren? We cover all of this in this episode of the Fad or Future podcast. Don't be a fatty, F-A-D-D-Y, be a part of the future. Here's my conversation. It's a good one. Make sure you share this with your friends with Dr. Alexander Paziotopoulos. Dr. Alex, man, what's up? Thanks for coming on the show for the third time, I oh, believe. Yeah. Man, you're a regular. What's up? Regular. <laughs> it's glad to, I'm glad to see you like blowing up and everyone's following you. So it's great. You know, yeah, smoke and mirrors, my friend. Smoke, <laughs> smoke and mirrors. Uh, but we were, we were talking before this. It's, it's funny that, you know, like, we're working with the same individual in a different coast and we're in Chicago area. It's just crazy how this virtual world has expanded our reach, you know? Oh yeah. I mean, the people are, they're, they're looking for this now. Yeah. Right. And they know what's not working. And there's a, there's a lot of shit that's not working. And speaking of things that are really kind of new and interesting, I think anytime somebody takes out a needle, we all like people are like, what the hell you're injecting yourself? What yeah. is this? So this podcast is all about peptides. So what in the hell is a peptide? Let's just like go with the cliff notes version here. Sure. Cliff notes versions, you know, um, there's a scientist in Russia that really brought us peptides. Um, and originally all these peptides were oral. Um, so all a peptide is a bunch of amino acids strung together and if there's more than, and there's different definitions of this, but if there's more than about 50 of them, you call it a protein. Mm -hmm. And everybody knows what a protein is. So it's just a shorter chain of amino acids and they can affect the way that um, different metabolic processes in your body run. And it can be basically any organ system you want. So there's peptides that can affect every single organ of your body or different, different processes of your body. And so, now that you know it's been many years since the beginning of the development of peptides now we have so many different peptides for everything and they're in oral form now you can do them in creams a lot of them are injectables so but they're all fairly naturally occurring peptides there's not too many synthetic peptides because your body every day and you know this number is just you know an average number and we don't know exactly but there's around 4000 peptides in your body that we know of that are constantly adjusting things, yeah. you know, all these different metabolic pathways. And so we're just using these peptides that are already available in your body and you're already using them. And we're just giving you in higher concentrations to get, you know, a different outcome. But it's not like I'm giving you something synthetic, like a synthetic steroid or a synthetic pharmaceutical that we don't know how it's going to be metabolized and stuff like that. Your body already has all this stuff built into it, how to break it down. So is, is, is this something that's just naturally in your body and then it's just triggering a, a natural response because you're injecting it or using a cream or taking it orally? Pretty much. So like, um, you know, one of the peptides that most people know of, you've used it, I've used mm -hmm. it, 
many times is that body protection complex 157, or people know it as BPC 157. It occurs from mouth to anus. And um, you know, the way I try to explain it to people is you bite your cheek and the next day you're like, oh, it's healed. And then you cut your arm and like a week later, you're like, well, I can still kind of see what I did to myself. Right. Um, because you don't have BPC there. But, you know, the athletes that have worked with you or worked with me and stuff like that, and they're like, oh, I kind of tweak, you know, my rotator cuff or something like that, and they inject BPC. They're like, oh, well, that feels better. Or they tweak their hip or, so you can just see it's like, it's just a healing mechanism and it helps pretty much heal everywhere. Yeah. And it's, and it's pretty crazy. So, I mean, I, I've taken uh, several different peptides and, you know, even friends and they're like, Oh, should I be taking this or some sort of deer fucking urine or whatever? <laughs> like, right. There was like antler spray shit for a while that kind of took yeah. off and whatever. And I'm like, no, take some peptides. And like, well, what do you do? I'm like, well, you know, generally speaking, you're going to inject them. They're like, Oh, injecting, whatever. I'm like, I tell you what, like I, I tweak my back. I, I hurt my hip. I take some BPC, uh, BPC 157 and literally, I mean, I, I, different studies that you're looking at is like twice the healing amount of time. It's pretty crazy. And it's just nuts. And if you're like really hurt, you can inject it twice a day. Um, I just, and you know, there's another peptide and we'll, we'll get into all the different peptides. There's one that's called Famosin beta four and it affects your immune system in response to healing. So BPC is working on one mechanism, the thymosin beta-4 works on a different mechanism. You combine them together and you get this really advanced healing. Wow. So you can, you can combine, you can stack these. I mean, it, yeah. It, and that's yeah. the whole new level of peptides is, um, so I, I did this certification um, in peptides uh, through uh, American Academy Anti-Aging, you know, through George Washington University. And it just blew my mind and how you can do these different stacks and all the different kinds of peptides that are actually available. Um, most of these peptides, like you can't even get them anymore. Mm. Uh, and we'll go into that later with the yeah. FDA and what they're trying to do. Um, and cause they're so safe and these peptides are already in your body, you know? Um, but these levels of stacking, you're, you're working on all the different mechanisms. So some of them are working on like the, muscle stem cells or like how fast you're going to respond to a stressor so that you can change the, the, how much you're going to work out and then how often you're going to work out mm -hmm. exactly. Like when people are doing steroids, it's like, okay, steroids work only if you work out, right? You can't just sit on the couch and take steroids and get huge. Right. <laughs> Which but, I, I knew people in college that did that. I'm like, Wait a minute, you're, you're, you're taking some roids and you're having fucking Dairy Queen and KFC and like, of course you're getting bigger, but like maybe there might be a small, small increase of some muscle tissue, but right. why, even, why even do it? You know, like, like put in the damn work. Yeah. You know, I was like, I mean, it's just, I mean, and you talk about this all the time, you know, you, you create stress and then after the stress, you're weaker. Right. Right. And so then you need recovery. And then your body after the recovery has adapted and now it's a little bit stronger than it was. And then before it says like, I'm not gonna stay stronger because you didn't do anything, we're gonna apply another stressor, right? And hopefully keep getting stronger and stronger and stronger, right? At least close to our genetic potential, which is like the goal, right? Yeah. Um, and if you're doing some of these peptide stacks, well, it just makes it a lot easier, so especially if you're older. I mean, what about the, I mean, you, you kind of touched on this, but side effects, everybody's worried about side effects. And if this, you know, what was the number you had 4,000 peptides in your body? Like, uh, I, I would imagine that the side effects would be much, much, you know, less because I've, I'm on, I've taken like three different cycles of peptides and I don't know any side effect I've had, maybe like a little skin flushing from maybe the, the Ipamorlin or the, the CJC, but like for like five minutes. And then after that, I mean, I'm, pretty much feel wonderful and my sleep is better. My gut health is better. And I know that you've had me on a, a stack before where one of the part of that was gut healing properties and tissue healing. And yes, I wanted to look better, but more all, I wanted to move better, feel better and have, have these tissue healing properties. Oh yeah. You know, I mean, I haven't really seen many side effects to tell you the truth. The only side effect I've seen is the one that you're talking about um, from CJC up from Orland, and it's just a little inflammation. If people get worked up about it, they can make it a lot bigger than it really is. Right. Um, it's just that whole mindset. And it's just, and this goes along with my clinic for just about everything is like, 
if you're going to take a medicine or a peptide or a supplement or whatever it is, you hold on to that thing and you're like, I'm so grateful for this and I know it's going to help me. Yeah. And just that alone is going to help you 50% of the time. And if you look at that thing and you're like, oh man, I think I'm going to have a reaction to this or some negative, 90% of the time, something bad's going to happen. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I, I tell that to people all the time when they're going in to do a workout or play a sport or something. And, and, and if, if you're, if you're worried and you're scared that something is going to happen, often you, you have this like protective mechanism. And then like, you're, you're, you're just going to like brace yourself differently or carry yourself differently. And you're just going to manifest these things. Like people always believe in like positive energy, but you can have that negative energy as well. And it's just going to put that out there and you're just going to, you're going to feel like shit. And I mean, there's a reason why the placebo effect has a, has a fucking definitive term because people do oh, yeah. feel much better. So I think if you're going to do something, that's why I say like, you, you don't want to have a bunch of different experts. You can't have five trainers in five Dr. Pazio's and five this, because everybody's going to have their own filters. Right. And they're going to say these different things. So like you, you need to like kind of go all in. And like, if you have all this team that complements you, that's completely different. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm a big believer and you need a head coach. Mm -hmm. It's pretty much what I tell people over here. I'm like, if you're going to join here, you got to let me be your head coach. You can, we'll, we'll, we'll use other doctors. We'll use other people, but like, You'll get information, we'll bring it back, we'll look at it in the, in the picture of your health and where we're going to go, and then we'll make a decision. Yeah. Otherwise, you just get fragmented. Yeah, exactly. So what, what are you excited about in, in the world of, I mean, you're, I mean, you call yourself a medical engineer, whatever, generative medicine, anti-aging, there's all sorts of different things, you know, yeah. but what are you excited about with, with peptides? And I do want you to touch on why are they less out there now and less available? Yeah, I mean, like, uh, probably, you know, right when I finished my uh, fellowship with the peptides, you could get everything. Um, and then the FDA is slowly trying to, like, make certain things called a biologic or something like that. Because, you know, the, I, I, what my belief is, and I have nothing to stand on for this, but I think that there's lobbyists out there for pharmaceutical companies that are putting a lot of pressure because... Anytime they see a lot of money getting diverted somewhere else, mm -hmm. you know, they want to bring it back home. Um, a, a really easy thing to look at is uh, HCG. Everyone knows about HCG. Well, you know, if you're, if you're older and you need to boost your testosterone, you know about HCG. Sure. Um, been around for a really long time. Compounding pharmacies were making it and they were able to make it at a really inexpensive cost. Um, all of a sudden, the FDA says you can't compound that anymore. And only the pharmaceutical companies can make that. Now, I don't even know how they can even make a claim like that, you know, because like they have the exact same type of situation to make the peptide. Right. right? Um, but now the cost is, you know, four or five times as much. Um, and, and if you don't go to GoodRx and get a coupon or something like that, it went from like 50 bucks to $500. Right. So it's pretty much you can't even use it for most people. Um, and you know, other peptides, I, I think the thymosins, the alpha one and the beta fours, I think they're going to be slowly getting taken away. Um, the, uh, so many other peptides, I can't get them, you know, a, a which is a peptide from your pineal gland, which I would give it to people. And they would say like, wow, my creativity came back and I'm so sharp and this is fantastic. And it's like, we know that these little glands that are in our brain, they just, slowly deteriorating and they don't release what they used to release. And they have fantastic, I can't get that anymore. Now you can get it on the non like pharmaceutical side. There's like these peptides for research only that you can order, right? right? Which I don't recommend at all, right? <laughs> but, um, and I don't know, I don't even know how those places are even available on the internet and how they haven't been shut down, but there's some, there, it's a really weird world of peptides and I think they're letting it be a little bit of a wild west yep. so they can say, oh, it's a wild west and that's why we're shutting it down. Mm. But for right now, I think it's, it's got enough um, backing to it. There's two major societies for peptides for physicians that they can get accredited with. And I think that that movement and those physicians pushing for these peptides because of how much they're helping people we're going to be able to have them for a long time. I think it's just going to be a little bit of a battle of who's going to get the money. Yeah. 
for right. me, it's always about the money. It's, it's, it's always about the dollars and cents, man. <laughs> All right. So what are some, uh, let's, let's talk about the, the peptides that, uh, and we, we touched on the BPC-157, but what about the, the, the peptides that you've been using for a little bit that do you get good results? And then the things that you're excited about, because, uh, and also, are these technically legal for athletes to take? I mean, can you test these? Yeah. So a lot of these, a lot of these peptides are legal and some of them are not. And so there's a web page for, and it just depends on, you know, what you're doing, right? Right. If you're in the Olympics or you're in something that's, you know, where you're getting drug tested, a lot of these peptides are banned. Okay. Uh, and they test for them. I mean, can't, since it's uh, that's the whole thing is right. Like, if it's because back, back in the day, HGH, right? Like there wasn't a test for H. They didn't know have a way to. So how can you test? For I, don't, I don't really think they have testing for all these things. Um, it's too hard because they're naturally occurring and they're going to break down at different levels of different people. So I think it's going to be really difficult for them to actually test. Yeah, I mean, I I would probably throw out a number that the majority of like the NFL is probably on peptides. I would imagine if, if not almost all of them, I mean, it's such a great advantage. I mean, if you're, if somebody's on peptides and the other person's not, and they're equal athletes, the guy on peptides is going to win. Yeah. So if, if you're comparing like a peptide versus your traditional, like anabolic steroid, is, is there any correlation whatsoever? Just different. You know, um, the anabolics are going to have a faster action. Um, they're just a little bit stronger, right? You know, they've been tailored for a little while, but they also have some pretty nasty side effects, yeah. right? Where your peptides are not. So you might have to do peptides for longer courses to get that kind of an action. Yeah. I mean, cause I mean, we've all seen it, you know, somebody goes onto uh, a steroid, you know, for a few months, uh, a number of months. And you're like, I don't even recognize that guy anymore. <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> I've seen people put on like 10 pounds in a week and not like they, they take their, you know, like what was it back in the day? Like Diana ball, like yeah. sustenance and see them like a week later, like, holy shit. You know, like their shoulders are all, you know, acne up and also, but it, it, it is pretty crazy. Right. And what's, what's sad is that those anabolic steroids actually have a medical use mm-hmm. and that they've been banned, but they should be legal to be used in intensive care. Mm you're sitting there and you're on a heart lung machine and you're fighting for your life. You should have anabolic steroids. Mm-hmm. Right. Why not? Right. Like, you know, we, 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 we need to be giving you amino acids IV and we should be giving you anabolics and letting your body heal. And you know, all the stare, obviously these peptides, but I mean, there's a, there's a place for everything if it's used right. Right. But, you know, I don't really think you really need steroids as an athlete. I think that these peptides are enough and good training and good nutrition and good sleep. Yeah, that makes sense. So what, what are the peptides that, that you're excited about and that you prescribe the most? Probably the one I do the most is, um, is a combination, right? And it's what you've done, right? The CJC 1295 along with Ipamoron. Yeah. And so what those two are is one is... Um, a growth hormone releasing peptide and the other one's a growth hormone releasing hormone. Mm. And we like to use them together so that you get a better um, release and a more potent release. And some people use like a one-to-one ratio and some people use a two-to-one ratio. I don't think it matters all that much. I haven't seen that much of a difference to tell you the truth. Yeah. Um, Because one is kind of helping the other and vice versa. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they're working on different, different targets. Um, the big thing is that you inject while fasting because mm-hmm. what I found is that if you inject while you're fed and a lot of athletes are using, you know, five, six meals a day. Right. Um, and so if you, if you're, if you're fed within two hours of injecting for sure, what's going to happen is after you inject some of that peptide, instead of releasing growth hormone is going to release uh, insulin. Mm. And that's just not going to help you. Right. right? You release an insulin and you, and you might potentially, you know, that food might be stored as fat essentially. Yeah. So, you know, you just have to change a little bit, you know, fast before you do your injection. Um, you can do aminos. So that won't mess it up. If you, you know, so I just say stay away from the fats and the carbs and use amino acids before you go to bed. 
And one of the amino acids I love is OKG before you go to bed. I, I've actually, yeah, you were the first one that ever turned me onto the OKG and that, you know, I mean, you know, not the peptide, but if anybody looks at OKG, like the way you feel by taking that at night before bed, if you had like a heavy leg day or something versus yeah. not doing it or skiing, like I, I feel so much better. Right. You just recover so fast. I mean, that was designed for burn patients like, to heal, you know, <laughs> And if you're a burn patient, you can heal with that stuff. If you're a regular lay person, you just worked out, it's going to help a ton. It's a nitrogen scavenger. That makes sense. Right. That's, that's pretty crazy. Uh, so what, what is that? Um, so what people experience who were taking like the CJC and the moron combination, uh, just you know, better tissue growth and strength. And what's the general things that people are going to feel? Yeah. So loss of visceral fat, which is fat. Fantastic. Um, they're going to be able to use their fat more efficiently and they're going to recover much faster and they'll add muscle. So it's not like a huge muscle gain like you will with a steroid, but if you're doing good at least three days a week of, you know, training, uh, heavy training, because I, I, you know, beyond that, I think it's kind of hard to heal, you know, maybe you can go beyond that if you're a more advanced athlete, it just depends on who you are. Right. But if you're training hard and you keep adding stress and you keep adapting, I mean, I've seen people add five, 10 pounds on one, one, uh, one round. So, yeah, I mean, for, for me and what I felt has worked the best is I do basically a three day with a three day a week of, you know, a kind of full body routine mm -hmm. and then two or three days a week of the, um, accessory or ancillary movement. So maybe it's like biceps and triceps or abdominal work. And then one or two days a week where we're throwing in some intervals and then, you know, day of some mobility or just like complete rest or walking. Uh, I, I feel tremendous on doing it that way. Yeah, that's great. You know, I mean, uh, I just did a, I just did a short cycle just, I wanted to get really back into, uh, you know, uh, compound movements. Yeah. So only squats, deadlifts, overhead press, that kind of stuff. And having the peptides just allowed me to just keep adding every single time I worked out, just kept adding weight, adding weight, adding weight, adding weight. And I didn't feel like I was, you know, crunching under the bar or compromising my form or straining or anything. I just felt fantastic. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it is pretty crazy. So what's, what is the uh, average cycle length that people should be taking on something like this? And uh, how long does it take to feel benefits? About 10 weeks is one cycle. I try not to do more than two cycles a year. Mm, how's that? Uh, and the reason I do that is, you know, I, I, my, a lot of my focus is age reversal. Mm -hmm. And so what we understand about the people that live to be like 100 and that kind of stuff is that you know, they're on lower protein diets and that their insulin growth factor levels are very low. Um, so I think it's good to pulse growth hormone, mm -hmm. you know, and you pulse it, you have this burst at night and then during the day it kind of goes down. Yeah. Right. We don't want these long bursts of growth hormone because you could grow cancer. You could increase your senolytic cell burden, which is the cells that make you age. Right. Um, so I think like short bursts where you're like build some tissue up, and then you go back to like your intermittent fasting and, you know, do your water fasting and things like that to maintain. And then you can do another burst. Yeah. Right. Whereas if you stayed on something long-term one, your body would downregulate and say like, well, I'm not doing that anymore. Right. I, you know, balance everything out. It wouldn't work very well. And two, you could cause harm, but a 10 week cycle, you'll usually feel it probably at the end of the first week. Yeah. You'll see it at the end of the third week for sure. And then you'll, and you'll notice the benefits after you stopped injecting for another couple of weeks. Mm. So it, is, is that the same for all the, the growth hormone stimulating ones, or can you do like, maybe like the, uh, the BPC, could you do that more times or it doesn't yeah, BPC you can pretty much do all the time. Mm -hmm. if you do. It doesn't seem to have an effect where like the body doesn't work well with it. Yeah. I would pulse the thymosin beta four because it's an immune stimulant. Mm. Um, but the BPC, you could pretty much do all the time. All right. So well, let's go into that. There's some other things like I think people 
if they're familiar with peptides, I think they're thinking maybe tissue healing, but they're pro- they're definitely thinking you maybe growth hormone stimulating or, or, you know, muscle tissue response. But what about some other things like, you know, like gut health and immune system that you touched on? There's like sexual health or something that can even make you tan. Uh, yeah. All of it. You know, there's, there's even antimicrobial peptides. There's antimicrobial peptides, there's anti-cancer peptides. There, there's peptides that'll work on like, um, there's genes in your body that, you know, are cancer regulators and there's peptides made, made to stimulate those. Um, there's some ones for your bones. There's like the brain ones, the cerebrolysin and the epitalon. Um, what else is there's cardiovascular ones, there's gut health ones, uh, and, and, you know, immune stimulating ones, uh, there's ones for obesity, really? right. Um, that just target obesity and they work really well. There's this one called AOD, um, and it works great. And I can do that one, um, next to one of the growth hormone stimulants to help people, you know, get control of their, of their weight which is really fantastic. So how, how does, how is that working? Is like ap- appetite suppressant? Is it like thyroid stimulating? Metabolism? Yeah, a lot of them that what they'll do is they're increase the insulin sensitivity. Hmm. And a lot of people that have gained weight, what they've done is they've become insulin insensitive. So you measure their blood, which is, you know, it's kind of counterintuitive. It's like, okay, why does this person have so much insulin? in their blood, but they're obese, right? right? That, that shouldn't be, right? But they're not sensitive to the insulin, like their cells are saying, their fat cells are saying, I don't want that. Don't be pushing any more sugar inside of me. I'm not storing anything more. And so then their pancreas has to keep making more and more insulin to shove the sugar into a fat cell that's already bulging, you know? Um, and so the peptides make the insulin more sensitive, your body is able to use sugars better, metabolize them better, fat cells work better. And then there's even other peptides that help you burn fat, hmm. right? And there's a lot of crossover with some of these peptides. So now they have these like really advanced athlete stacks, you know, and some of these athlete stacks, like there's one I have that you know, very rarely done, you know, because of its expense, but there's nine peptides that you'll stack together. And is that like nine different shots or how does that work? Yeah. Well, yeah. It's nine different shots. So um, the thing that people freak out about it, right. They freak, right. they freak out about shots. So um, I have a, I have an insulin syringe here. So um, here's a half a milliliter insulin syringe. And if you look at it and I'm going to try to hold this all the way up to the camera, yeah, like, it's, that it's, needle is tiny. It's itty bitty. Right? Anybody listening to this, this, this is going to be on YouTube as well. So you guys can see what he's actually talking about, but it's a tiny little needle, tiny little needle. Right. And, um, I don't know, here's a standard little vial, right? So you're just going to wipe the top of the vial. You're going to pull out however many units because you give it to people in units. Units are almost equal to, uh, milliliters, right? So this is a half a mil. So it says 50 units. All right. So a hundred units would be one milliliter. Right. about it's, it's slightly different and i don't know why there's a slight difference but there is a slight difference of like you know one or something like geometric system but it's <laughs> um so it's pretty easy and you can even if you're good at pulling peptides out you can pull more than one peptide into a syringe yeah depending and you got to check with the pharmacy and how they compounded it to see if you're allowed to do that right but even if you had to stick yourself multiple times it's so small it never bleeds doesn't bruise. Um, it doesn't even really hurt. Um, but what I tell people is don't pinch your skin. A lot of people are like, Oh, I'm going to go pinch something like this. And I'm going to stick that in there. I'm like, that's really not a great idea. Right. You're putting that skin under tension and then you're going to stick it with a needle. Like just, just stick it in. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and you know, it depends on what you're doing. Right. So some of the peptides you can put in your abdomen. I kind of like the hip because your hip is pretty desensitized. Yeah. And, you know, it's easy. It goes right in. You're done. Yeah. I've, I've, I mean, I've done, you know, so I had a little quad pull from doing some sprints. So the BPC, like 
put straight in the rectus femoris. I, I've yeah. kind of done a little bit like closer to the SI joint. Um, but yeah, you, like when I do them, it's like kind of right in the stomach or like that hip, you know, pocket area. Yeah. Yeah. So you just do that. And, um, you know, I can go into some of these really cool peptides if you want. Yes. No, no. I think that, I mean, I think we covered a lot of, you know, peptides and people can research more and, you know, check out the Pazio Institute. Obviously they've got a bunch of articles and everything too, but yeah, let's, let's talk about the, the, I mean, this is fat or future, man. So let's talk about the future. Yeah. So the future, I mean, the future is really doing stacks and, you know, I was super excited recently. I have uh, an older gentleman that's doing some age reversal and I have him on peptide stacks and obviously all the supplements and things like that. Um, and he goes and gets some stem cells and their IV. And I got back his telomeres. And if for users that don't know, or the, the viewers that don't know about telomeres, they're the ends of your DNA. Mm-hmm. So every time a cell divides and copies the DNA, it gets shorter, this telomere, every single time. And then when it gets to a certain length, that's it. There's no more life. Right. It's, um, and his were extremely short near to the end of life. And we just threw the kitchen sink at him for a year and he added 25% onto his telomeres and kind of blew my mind. Cause I wasn't really thinking that we were going to lengthen. Right. I was just hoping that we weren't going to degrade very quickly, yeah. you know? So, um, my hope or what I'm blowing me about the future is this whole idea that we don't have to slow down aging anymore. Like this whole anti-aging movement was, was worrying about like, Oh, how much can we slow down aging? Well, now we can work on, well, who cares? It's easier to reverse it. And peptides are going to be a big part of that age reversal you know, and, and eventually, and we're going to even get, there's really crazy things coming down the pipe when it comes to like injecting viruses with genes in you and, you know, altering your DNA and then like advanced stem cells, even beyond what we have today, you know, embryonic lines, but actually designed to go after you, uh, taking your natural killer cells out of your body, growing them and then putting them back in. So they just go and clear cancer out and cure your, clear your senolytic cells. Jeez. So um, yeah, there's the last articles that have been coming out the last two months have been incredible about what we're going to be able to do and how long we're going to be able to live. That, that's, that's pretty crazy. As you know, like I, I went and interviewed Sinclair, David Sinclair, uh, anyway, listening, it's uh, my first season, uh, lifespan. I think that we titled it a live to 150, but you know, he's like, you know, he was thinking that, yeah, we should be able to live to at least 125. Like that's just crazy to think about, you know? Yeah. And, you know, with the stuff that's coming out of the SENS Institute and the Methuselah Institute and the Buck Institute right now, like they're thinking that it's going to be way more than that. Wow. Like, it's not going to be like, we're going to extend life a little bit. It's going to be like logarithmic expansion of lifespan. That's great. Yeah. So, uh, it's, it's really interesting. And what I'm trying to really drive into people is if you're older, like in your seventies, find someone that's doing age reversal and get on it because this stuff is working now. It's not working. What's going to happen in 15, 20 years, right? Mm -hmm. That stuff's going to be far beyond what we have, but what we have right now is going to allow you to live a little longer so that that technology will take you a little bit further into the future and a little bit further in the future. And then you might be able to stay on the planet when these things hit. Right. So, and that's the whole thing. If you can hang out for 20, 30 years and you can age and you know, you're not going to die. Well then, okay. You don't have to spend all the money right now. Just stay healthy and eat well and exercise and do the other stuff. Right. Yeah. Or, or they, can, they can just freeze you. Like we talked about in one of our yeah. other podcasts and wake you up on a fucking cruise ship, like a hundred years from now. There you go. Alcor is <laughs> fantastic. And if you're young, I mean, you can get a life insurance policy for Alcor, like, you know, very, very cheaply, you know, otherwise when you're older, it's 250 grand. <laughs> That's fucking nuts. All right. So what about this? Uh, like this okay. athlete so, that you're talking about? So there's, um, there's this mitochondrial peptide that I really like. 
It's called MOTC, M-O-T-S dash little C. Um, and your skeletal muscle is the target of this. Um, and it, it's, it allows you to uptake more glucose into your muscle cells, right? And it does it without needing insulin, hmm. which is fantastic. Yeah. So when you're, when you're taking MOTC, you just have extra output. You can just, you're stronger, you're faster, you can do all that stuff. And it's great to like get somebody to where they need to be if they're training for an event, you know? Um, I think that, you know, that that's great. It's a little expensive. Um, some of these specialized ones are, are really pricey. Yeah. So what, what would, what, what, is expen- what does expensive mean? Like what, what are people gonna pay for something like that? I mean, I can't remember right off the top of my head, but like, I think it's, I think that stack, that, that part of that stack is, I think, I, I can't be absolutely for certain, but I think it's near a grand to do that stack, just that part. For like 10 weeks? For less. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, um, so, I mean, I mean, I got to say it the obvious, I mean, these peptides are a little bit for your privilege, right? Because, you know, most people aren't going to be able to afford all of this. Do you see a point when these are going to become a little bit more widely available? I think that they're going to come down. It's just that right now, if you want to get them, you have to get them from certain compounding pharmacies. Yeah. And the compounding pharmacies are making a ton of money, <laughs> right? Um but their raw product, or, you know, the raw stuff that the compounding pharmacies have to get is pretty expensive right now. Right. And then they have the FDA breathing down their back. And so they have to have all this perfectly done, right? Their rooms have to be sterile. They have to have all the stuff. They have to get double checked. They have to send things out to three different labs for, you know, okaying everything out and getting these papers back. So there's just a lot for them to sure. do and they're smaller companies, right? If you were like, if we, if, if the large pharmaceuticals were actually, you know, working for us <laughs> at their level, like, you know, Pfizer or something, they can write this stuff for nothing. Yeah. Right. Um, so I think it's just going to be time and we just need more people to be involved in it. And so when there's more people doing this and more doctors ordering it, the price is that makes sense. All right, so we got, we got Mot, Mot C. What else is interesting? So Mot C, we have, uh, what's another really great one we can go over? Stenabolic. Stenabolic is really cool. Um, and that'll affect your heart as well as your metabolism. Really? And also help you burn fat. Um, it works on uh, this nuclear hormone receptor called REVERB. Um <laughs> I wouldn't have to go into all the, all the math and the, or not yeah. the science behind it, but it like, it'll regulate your circadian rhythm. And that's why we want people to go to bed at the same time and wake up at the same time. Because if you don't, you screw up your hormone release. Right. Right. And it's not like you just screw up when it's released, you usually drop it. And so it's just not as profound. Yeah. Uh, it's also why like younger people when they'll come in, and they're like, oh, I'm a 27-year-old and I have no testosterone. And that's what the doctor told me. Are you going to give me testosterone? I'm like, no. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, what are you doing? And almost always they're not lifting for strength. Mm-hmm. And then once they start lifting for strength and they actually sleep well and they're eating well, then their testosterone. Yeah. You know, um, but anyways, this one will regulate the circadian rhythm. It also works on the way that your lipids or your fats are metabolized, um, which will help you a ton. And so the outcomes from the studies is you have increased oxygen consumption, right? Um, decreased generation of fat cells, especially in the liver. And that's where that visceral fat is, yeah. you know, and that's why we always have everybody measure waist to hip ratio, yeah. right? Um, decreased production of cholesterol and bile acids, um, increased number of mitochondria in your muscle, which is where you want it for performance. Right. Um, increased glucose and fatty acid in your muscle and decreased fat storage. So, I mean, it's pretty amazing. That one sounds kind of like a miracle. Yeah. So, stenobolic is amazing. So, you know, 
I can just tell you the stack that we that's like the top athlete stack, right? Yeah. So it's the CJC and Ipamorin, right? You use BPC and Thymosin Beta 4 because you're going to be working out so hard on the stack, you need that healing. Um, you're going to have the MOTC that we talked about. You're going to have that stenobolic that we talked about. Um, you're also going to do another growth hormone releaser, which is LGD 4033. Mm -hmm. It works a little different than the CJC and Ipamorin. And you're doing that in between. Um, what's another one? Um, so REV, ERBs in there, stenobolics in there, the five amino one NQs in there. Um, this one other one that we're going to go over is PEG MGF. So PEG MGF. This is also in the stack. This is um, this is a really weird one. So they splice the insulin-like growth factor gene. Um, and it works on the muscle tissue. And it's, you have to kind of look it up because it's, it's crazy on like what they did and how they got this to work. Um, but the signaling, what it's gonna do, let's just, let's just cut to the chase. <laughs> so it's longer acting, right? And um, it's mechanical growth factor, right? And so what you're gonna do is you're gonna get much better increase in muscle. So like in, in the animal studies, they got a 25% increase in lean tissue. Wow. Right. So wow. it's kind of crazy. Um, regular, like using IGF-1, which is a normal insulin growth factor one, uh, they only got a 15% and they took 12 times as much time to get that. Mm. So this is like a lot of lean tissue growth in a really short period of time. Well, how much time was that? A few weeks? And that was in a month versus 12 months. <laughs> so. Jesus. That's crazy. So, I mean, and these are just all these peptides and they're pretty much, you know, benign. Um, you know, and the one cool thing about most, most of these peptides, it's like, I remember going up to some of the professors and I'm like, well, what happens if somebody over injects? Yeah. Right? I'm like, I'm just worried about giving somebody a bottle of something, you know, if there's something, can they cause themselves, you know, congestive heart failure or, you know, something, you know, serious. Cause I know someone's going to sit there at home and I'm going to tell them what to do, but they're going to be like, Oh, I want more. Right. <laughs> What's going to happen. And pretty much nothing. So I mean, so, there's, there's just a point of like diminishing returns, right? Like, right. The, the more isn't necessarily better with these. I mean, as everything I've read and, you know, I've talked to you about. Yeah. So, you know, and that's, and when I hear that, you know, and you look at the safety data, I'm like, well, this is great, you know, because you just tell people like, yeah, if you want to hyper inject, you know, you're not going to harm yourself, but why would, you're already spending a ton of money. Like, yeah. Well, why do you want to do that to yourself? Right. Mm -hmm. And at least I know that I can prescribe this for somebody and they're not going to harm themselves. Yeah. So I think that that helps me as a physician, you know, feel good about what I'm giving to people. That's it. That's pretty crazy, honestly. I mean, yeah. people like to take too much Tylenol and all sorts of different shit, and they're suppressing like natural glutathione production. And and as far as something that you're injecting, like I said in the beginning, people think that an injection is automatically leading to something that's just that you shouldn't be doing. Yeah. Now, what about, what about the ones that are all these ones you mentioned, are they have to be injected or is there a cream or oral tablet? I mean, some of them are oral. Um, a lot of them can be oral and they're, I think that's, you know, you're telling me about the future. Like, what am I looking forward to the future? And yeah. Because there's so much pressure against these com companies making injectables and it's so expensive for them to make an injectable. It's a lot easier to make a pill mm -hmm. than to make a sterile injectable. You have to be a very specialized pharmacy to do that. You have to be like this 503B pharmacy, you know, and you have to have all this sterile work stuff. But to do oral, you don't have to do all that. And so there's a lot of these company pharmacies that are working right now on figuring out what kind of a binder that they need in an oral pill to, and binder is a loose word. So what do they need to put in these pills to keep them stable and to increase their bioavailability and their absorption? Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of these are moving towards that. So 
Right now, one of the pharmacies has done thymosin beta-4 as an oral. And the way that they did that is they're using a fragment of the peptide that's stable and they're able to do it orally and get the same kind of outcome that you do with the injection. Hmm. So eventually they're gonna be able to do a lot of that with just oral. Um, and then there's some other growth hormone releasing hormones and peptides that are also oral. Um, a lot of those are coming from overseas. Yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna get we're gonna get a hold of those pretty soon, and I think that in the future a lot of this stuff's just gonna be oral and they'll move away from the injectables. Yeah, because for a long time, I mean, that's why you had to inject, right? Because the the oral, you know, it, it had to go through a different bunch of body processes and it wasn't gonna be as bioavailable, right? Yeah, and and just because somebody makes an oral doesn't mean it works. Mm. So there's a bunch of compounding pharmacies. And, you know, I get on my portal and I have to order all this stuff all the time. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's in like an oral form now, or that's in a nasal spray or, you know, and then I'll call up the pharmacist and I'm like, hey, can you shoot me some of that data? And they're like, oh, no, we just made that for somebody. <laughs> right. And I'm like, you don't really have any efficacy data on that yet. And they're like, no, they just wanted it. So we made it. So I was like, okay, yeah, I don't want that. <laughs> Why so privilege there, Doc. <laughs> um, you know, so if you want things to work right now, I would stick with the injectables. Okay. So um, where where can people uh, find out? I mean, uh, legitimate information on this. I mean, obviously, you want to check out the Pazio Institute, but is there any other like things that people can do some more research on? Sure. I mean, there's. There's so much on the internet that's good. If you just Google it, you know, if you like Google, like the, where did peptides come from? You can like read about Vladimir and, and in Russia and what he was doing. Kind of, we had a gun to his head. <laughs> Not the best thing, but you know, they're basically saying like, you better make our athletes better or we're gonna kill you. Oh, nice, lovely. Right, it's a nice way to treat a doctor, right? <laughs> that's Russia, so. <laughs> um, um, so, but there's International Peptide Society, um, and I think they have some open source uh, data there, so you can look at that and read some of the papers and a lot of the white papers and a lot of research behind it. Unfortunately, most of this research in peptides is animal-based, um, and it has to do with money, yeah. right? Um, you need a lot of money to run a study, and there just isn't for this stuff. So anytime you have something that's a non-pharmaceutical, it's really hard to get a lot of animal studies. So what we do have is we have case studies and we have collaboration between physicians that are using it to see like, well, are your athletes getting better? Are your sick patients becoming well, right? Are the people with the joint injuries, are they doing better? You know, um, like, one of the growth hormones that we use, that AOD that helps the obese people, there we can combine that with hyaluronic acid and you can inject it into a knee hmm. or into a shoulder and people feel a lot better and they start getting better over time. And it's just one of the injections that you can do. I mean, that has to be done in the clinic, yeah. but it helps a lot. Um, where's another, the other one is um, pentosin polysulfate. Um, I've got a lot of really great results from that one. Um, this one's a weekly injection and it increases your body's ability to um, heal cartilage. So it was, it's you, and there's a lot of good studies on pentosin polysulfate if you look out there um, for um, osteoporosis, and not for osteoporosis, for, um, for loss of cartilage. Yeah. You know, um, and these, these people that are, they don't want to get a knee replacement right? They're near bone on bone. And, you know, you're like, look, you really just need to go get it done. Right. And they're like, no, I'm willing to do peptides. I'm willing to do injections. Let's see what happens. And a lot of them do really, really well. Um, and you're doing a combination of things. So I don't know exactly which one is the thing that works. And that's why studies are great. But the combination of peptides and whether we're doing exosomes or doing BPC with it, they're able to work really well. I mean, I had a patient that we did um, pentosin polysulfate 
along with an exosome injection into her knees. And she had a really hard time walking a couple of blocks. And then she came back and she said that she went to Colorado and did a 10 mile hike. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, what? And I'm like, well, maybe you shouldn't have done a 10 mile oh, yeah. hike. <laughs> but she's like, I felt good, you know? And she felt good for a really long time. But when she stopped doing the peptides, then the pain started to come back. Mm. So, I mean, a lot of this stuff will work as long as you continue to use it. Right. So I don't know, you know, there's no miracles, but these are great tools to help you get better and, uh, you know, stave off going in under the knife. That makes sense. I mean, some, some of these other ones that are that, that, the tissue healing, like, like that will help heal that tissue and it should be better unless you re-aggravate it. Right. Right. That's fine. Right. But like when you don't have any cartilage, yeah. Right. And you're, you know, working on the inflammation and you're trying to build a little tissue. If you stop doing that, well, it's just going to break down too quick. Yeah. You're not going to regrow that cartilage. Like I have no cartilage L5 S1 and you know, I don't, like I've got constant shooting pain down my leg and it is what it is, but you know, I, I, I don't want to go under a knife and it's, it's manageable. Yeah. You know, and for you, like if you get, we could, the whole thing is like finding people that are willing to do that injection uh, under fluoroscopy. Right. I don't have fluoroscope. I'm not trained to do injections into fluoroscope, but there's plenty of people that are, but we need them to open their eyes to like, okay, let's, let's inject AOD with hyaluronic acid into that disc space. Mm. Right. Let's inject some exosomes along with that, you know, and maybe we can get some more space there. You wouldn't even need that much to feel that much better, you know, but it's finding those kind of people that are willing to do that. Crazy. Doc, I mean, it, it's always enlightening talking to you, man. I mean, you were my first ever podcast where people go back to that. It was called tri- tri- Tripping on Ketamine, how I tripped my balls off on ketamine. And I was, I was crying in a chair and Dr. Alex was there, you know, consoling me and touching my stomach and, you know, rubbing my belly, making me feel much better. And I was, you know, flying in the air. Like, you got to check that. If you haven't listened to that one, that one's fucking nuts. <laughs> that, one, that one is nuts. Uh, where, where, where can people find you? Um, we're the Pazio Institute. So they can go to the website, the Institute.com. We're in the West Loop in Chicago on Fulton Market. Um, 844 Regenerate, R E G E R N8. There, there <laughs> you go. Phone number. Beautiful. All right, buddy. I, I appreciate you coming on, and uh, I know we'll have you on again. And remember, don't be a fatty, F A D D Y. Be a part of the future. I'm Joey Thurman, and I will see you, and you will hear me very soon. Cheers.